0: Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zahner. I'm Zook. How's it going, Zahner? It's going well. And you? Doing okay. Uh, Things have gotten cold. Very cold. They have.
1: Uh, I I think that there was a a phrase, colder than a witch's tit? Yeah. Yeah, Pretty much.
0: That's it. That's it. Um, I know that our listeners are probably very tired about hearing about the weather where we live, and I understand that... I'd be upset, too. But you have to understand, it's not just our weather. Um, A week ago when we recorded, it was just starting to snow, and we were kind of amazed at that. And since then, I don't think the weather has gone – the temperature has gone above 10 degrees. (laughs) It's like a sci-fi special going on here. It it really is. It's like the day after tomorrow here. Um, I think I saw a headline sometime this week. Denver dropped 70 degrees in 40 hours. Wow. 70? 70 degrees in 40 hours. Wow! So like I said, it's not just us. It's this entire area. Okay. It's like day after tomorrow level event here.
1: It it really is. And I fully expect that we'll all be dead by the time we have to record another podcast. So thanks for
0: listening. Uh, Meanwhile, I've got that neighbor who says, oh, I thought this was supposed to be global warming. I guess they were wrong about climate change. And I just wanted to slap him. Um a shout-out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, KryptonRadio.com, Stitcher.com, Radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Also to our friends over at Patreon, Patreon.com slash Stolen Uh This allows you to get, uh, well, faster access to our information. Uh, that's not right. I should – that that sounded weird. Like early gonna, access. Early access. And not to our information because I'm not giving you my information, but to our episodes, special content, extra content, and just generally more of our love. You know, when your kids ask which one of us you love more and we lie and say, Oh, I love you all equally. Well, we're not going to do that to you listeners. We're not going to lie. We love our Patreon subscribers just a little bit more. Just a little bit. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's true. It's true. I'm just saying. For, for one, we don't need to feed you.
0: Well, yes, this is true. We love all of you actually more than our own kids. Yes, um,
1: and when there's, there's bathroom time involved, you're not screaming at us to come wipe you. So thank you for that.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so. I just remembered what I was supposed to put here. <laughs> um, okay, so big week. Um, Mobile World Congress was this week in Barcelona, Spain. And uh, if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you know that that's a big place where people like to talk about all the new cell phones coming out. Yes. And there's been some surprising ones announced. There were some doozies. Doozies indeed. Should we start there? Should we start elsewhere?
1: No, I think that's, that's as good a place as any to start, especially since you just teased the crap out of it.
0: I like to tease it. That witch's tit.
1: Just go ahead and, and finish
0: it off now. Okay. Uh, let's start with Nokia, shall we?
1: Yeah. What's up with Nokia? Like, they're making like retro phones. They just announced the banana phones coming back. They already have the 3310. And now they're like making smartphones that are like, Amazing looking.
0: So I sent a video. I don't even know if we have this in our headlines. I just sent a video over to Zoner before we started here. Um, and it's their new, what was that, their their 9? The 8. The Nokia 8. The Nokia 8. That's a nice looking phone. Stainless yes, steel uh, chassis running yeah, Android and 1.
1: Siracho? Sirocco?
0: Sirocco. Yeah. Siracho sounds like it'd be spicy. It does. Yeah. Um. But... This thing is a stainless steel chassis, glass front and back, Zeiss optics, dual optic camera. Um, it's running a Snapdragon 835, uh, Android one, which I mentioned briefly before, which means no bloat, none. There's like 18 apps on it and they're all Google. It's as about stock Android as you can get with not without having a Pixel phone, which is really cool. It's a nice looking phone.
1: And you know, as, as much as I like it there's no samsung pay on it
0: so i'm not getting it well and as much as i like it you know the reason why i wouldn't get it i've just gotten too used to waterproofing do you drop your phone in the toilet frequently or no but it's okay so and i've used this example before but um when i went traveling up to toronto i stopped in at niagara falls i'd never been there before so of course i was gonna go and take pictures and if you haven't been there before you wouldn't know this but there is a ton of mist being thrown up by those falls. Like everywhere people are covered in ponchos. They're all using those disposable waterproof cameras. No, uh-huh. I just pulled out my, my Galaxy, my waterproof Galaxy phone. I took great pictures with it. Um, when we were in Vegas at CES and it was raining, it was just torrential rain. I was able to pull my phone out and take pictures where Squishy, uh, had his iPhone and, became acutely aware, like he made fun of me, too, going, really, how often do you ever need to use waterproofing? Well, day one of CES, torrential rain, and I'm taking pictures in it, and he suddenly realized that he couldn't. It's just one of those, I feel more secure knowing that my phone can withstand basic rigors of everyday life, that I don't have to baby my phone as much. And I can speak
1: from experience, not my own experience, mind you, but they will survive dropper three into the toilet, too, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Zahner uses the bathroom a lot. Uh, Nokia also released the new 8110. Now, if that number doesn't mean anything to you, you'd be forgiven. But if you go back and watch The Matrix, uh, the scene where Neo gets a phone in the mail, he hits a button, and it snaps open. Back in the day, everyone wanted that phone. Everyone. It was just so cool. Back in the day, people wanted phones that moved in some way. Remember how much the ki- the sidekick was loved for that reason? Oh, yeah. The cooler the phone flipped open, the more fancy it was. It really was that way. Yeah. You remember that tiny, tiny little phone that was just so ridiculously small, but it opened up kind of almost like clock hands unwinding? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was a T-Mobile one. Ridiculous by modern standards. Oh, my gosh. Everyone wanted it. Well, they're bringing it back. And I got to say, it looks nice. It's the same little uh, click button, slide open. Um, it has much more modern uh, capabilities. It has a 25-day battery life. 25 days.
1: You don't see that with smartphones, obviously, because, I mean, they do a lot more. But I remember the days of plugging my phone in once a week to charge. Mm-hmm. And, and you know I think it's really cool it It makes me wonder though why Nokia is bringing back these old phones? Are they trying to cash in on the nostalgia? Are they trying to cash in on smartphone backlash?
0: What's their motivation for doing this? I'm not entirely sure, but I gotta say. It's useless in certain ways and very useful in others. For instance, it has Wi-Fi and it has 4G. It has a tiny little screen, two and a half inch, uh, mega, sorry, two and a half inch screen. It's only a 320 by four, 240 resolution, but it can browse the web. And you're thinking, that's stupid. It's 2018. That's stupid. Ah, but is it? Because with a 4G connection and Wi-Fi, you can turn this thing into a mobile hotspot. I hadn't considered that, but that's an excellent point, right? It's a very different way of using a phone than what we have grown accustomed to. We've gotten very used to using a phone as an end-all, be-all device, uh, an all-in-one Swiss Army box, Swiss Army toolbox, excuse me, that maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe it's better to have simpler, smaller devices that do one or two jobs and do them really well, but are replaceable in case anything happens. I don't know. But this seems to be the strategy they're doing with. And it's obviously working to a degree considering, as we talked about last week, they're number 11 in the smartphone market and number one in the feature phone market.
1: And, you know, I think it's kind of cool that feature phones are coming back. I, I really do. And I've mentioned how I've got my kids off smartphones and back on on feature phones. i got to say I love it. I, I love it because no 12-year-old, no 11-year-old, no 8-year-old, for that matter, Needs a smartphone. If they need a phone to call mom and dad to come pick them up at the soccer game or after school or whatever, these are excellent alternatives for that.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. This thing can run Facebook, Facebook Messenger. um, And as I said before, it has a 25-day battery life. And, oh, by the way, it's going to be around $97 total. That is... That's, that's cool. That's super affordable.
1: Yeah, that that is. I mean, you get your phone, your kid, one of these phones. If they lose it, it's not like you're out a thousand bucks because you just bought them a new iPhone. Right. You're out a hundred bucks. They can mow lawns, make that up in a couple weeks, and you're good to go. Yeah. If, that's,
0: this is cool. If you need one just to sit around the house as your home phone now, because who has a home line? If you need an emergency phone. I mean, there's a there's a hundred different situations where this would work.
1: Yeah. It, it, get, get it for a burner.
0: I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've watched enough spy shows. We know what happens. I
1: saw the wire. I know how it all
0: works. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Samsung. They've unveiled the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. And I want to sound really fancy when talking about this because, you know, they're going to be huge. But they're not.
1: No, it's, it's a nice phone.
0: It's a very nice phone. But, um, so there's a video I saw from Android Central and they referred to this as a TikTok release, meaning every year they release a new phone, but not every release has the same amount of features. It's a TikTok, Tick being the big one, talk being just a refinement. Every two years, tick-tock, tick-tock. And so if the S8 and S8 Plus were the tick, the S9 and S9 Plus are the talk. It's definitely a refinement. Um, they don't change the battery. They barely change the processor. Uh, they don't really change a whole lot. Uh, so what refinements do we get? Well, for one, stereo speakers. That's yeah, cool. They put,
1: put two speakers on it. That's nice. Yeah. Kept the headphone jacked.
0: Which, which is kept, also nice. They moved the fingerprint sensor, so it's now underneath the camera, which is very appreciated. Uh it, it was always weird to me that my S8, I had to make sure to reach to the side, and even then I'd forget which side my fingerprint sensor was on. Uh, see, it,
1: that that doesn't feel – my S7 the same way, and that doesn't feel awkward to me to do that.
0: It, it doesn't to me now, but then every once in a while I want to check my blood pressure or my heart rate. And I just sit there with my finger on the fingerprint sensor, and I can't figure out why it's not reading my heart rate. Oh, right, because it's on the other side. (laughs) It's a little thing, but it's a little thing that matters. The S9 Plus borrows the dual camera setup from the Note 8, except they've actually fit a physical aperture shutter, which switches it on the fly from an um, f-stop 1.5 to 2.4 on the fly, just immediately. If you're a camera buff, you know exactly what this means. If you're not, let me explain it to you. The lower the number of the aperture, the wider open it is, the more light can come in, which means that if you're in a low-light situation, you're allowing 30% more light in than any other camera on the market. This helps it take much clearer photos in more lighting situations. Also, they've actually bonded RAM directly to the image sensor. So when you take an image... When you take a picture, it actually takes a burst of 12 photos, sends them all into the processor at once, and allows the processor to compile down those 12 photos to create one image. So you have a much better range with your dynamic imaging. It's kind of like what the Pixel 2 does. It's just kind of cool that way. So other than that, not a whole lot of differences. Um, they've changed the security options, so it doesn't just do face or um, iris. It actually does both and unlocks super fast. But if the app you're on requires more security, then it will only take the irises. Um, it does the Animoji, but it doesn't call it that. They call them the AR emojis. And from what people are saying, they actually do a better job than Apple's Animojis do. Frankly, I don't care.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, is this what we've come down to with new phones? We got to buy a new phone so we can have a talking pig emoji.
0: Yeah, I I I,
1: I, I think that we are. Um, we've pretty much made it as a society, if that's what what's driving us to
0: right to per- make our our major purchases. We don't have cities on the moon. We're not visiting other stars yet. We haven't cured cancer or really anything because we brought back a lot of diseases, but hey, I can make myself look like a chicken who's really angry. Well, that's not hard, though. I mean... All because- the sci-fi stories got it wrong. This is where <laughs> society was going. Ray we Bradbury was, the pinnacle. was a hack. <laughs> he totally missed it.
1: Yeah, the, the pinnacle is here. The future is now, my friends. You mm. can be a pissed-off chicken.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Man, that's depressing to think about. That that's where we're at. I mean, we've got a car cruising around freaking earth right now but we're concerned about you know angry chicken emojis and I remember when they announced the taco emoji was going to be a thing
0: people and how lost their minds people people went nuts for that it's a freaking picture of a taco right weird um this isn't really uh, mwc news but it is samsung news i forgot this they actually bought part of uh opera not opera as a large company, that's not Chinese, but opera max specifically. Did you remember this? I for I completely forgot about it. I completely forgot about it as well. Well, they rebranded it and they launched it this week as Samsung max and I installed it on my phone. Um, it works only with select Samsung phones, uh Well, no, I take that back. It works with all phones. However, many of the features only work with select Samsung phones. Mine's one of them. It includes a built-in VPN, a privacy scanner, a blocker, a proxy service. So things can't track you. Um, it will compress data down as much as possible. So when you're streaming videos or whatnot, it only uses the bare minimum bandwidth. If you're really security-minded, it's a great app. If you're a general user, it's going to piss you off hard
1: <laughs> Now um, are there any costs associated with this because I know typically
0: VPNs there is a cost No there's not there's not However I mean there's no fiscal cost if that makes sense There is a cost it's in usability Uh so I was on YouTube I was using my YouTube app okay and I was just going through there I had the VPN connected and I didn't even realize it was connected at the time it's that seamless Until the ads started coming, and I was still getting ads, but I was getting ads from Kuala Lumpur. They were in other languages. Because YouTube was trying to read my IP address, and it was coming across the world, and it was being bounced around everywhere. Oh, fun. I mean, that's not the worst thing. If you're really security-minded, that you're probably used to that already. But it was just kind of odd. A lot of my location services didn't work anymore because, well – That's by design. It comes down to the question of how much is your privacy worth to you? If it's worth so much that you don't want these services turned on, then there's a good chance you've already figured out a way to disable them or you don't use a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, But maybe I'm just speaking out of turn there. Anyway, it's a free download. It's a free app. It's free to use. It works really, really well. So, I mean, check it out if you want.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, I saw that they had announced that it had come out and I, my first thought was, do I really want to even bother with it? And I didn't. Yeah. So I, I haven't. So thanks for the review there.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go into the most expensive Android phone. We finally have an Android phone that rivals the iPhone X for a thousand dollars. It's not the phone you think it is.
1: Yeah, a lot of people were expecting that the Galaxy S9 would
0: be the first $1,000 Android phone. I'm not surprised at all that this particular phone costs $1,000, though.
1: Considering
0: Um, everything that it does, yeah. Right. So, (laughs) if you know Cat, C-A-T, I know that sounds stupid, but the construction company, Caterpillar or Cat, they've made a phone, the Cat S61. It will retail for $999 when it launches later this year. For that $1,000, you get a 5.2 inch display with a Snapdragon 630 processor, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, 16 megapixel camera, um, Bluetooth, NFC, Wi-Fi, and a 4,500 milliamp battery, which is, by the way, a thousand more than my S8 Plus. Okay. Um. Well, none of that's bad. The processor's kind of surprising. It's really low powered, but, uh, why is it a thousand dollars? Oh, because the display is built to work with gloves on, with wet fingers. It has a built in FLIR camera. FLIR stands for – or originally stood for Forward-Looking Infrared. Now it's an actual company name. Yeah, um, FLIR, I think, is how. Yeah. It can uh handle temperatures so – the camera can handle temperatures from negative 20 C to 400 degrees C. Um, it can live stream thermal images. It has an air quality sensor, so it can check out uh high levels of pollutants and toxins. Uh It can do a laser-assisted distance measurement. It can handle up to 10 meters in terms of that. Uh, it, it has an IP68 dust and waterproof uh, rating, much like the Galaxy S9, as an aluminum reinforced frame, which goes to mil-spec 810G rating. It's a construction phone. Yeah, this
1: this thing, if you're working on a construction site and you have, you know, you drop your phone off the rafters or whatever, and it falls three or four
0: stories – it's probably still going to work. This does not surprise me that this costs this much though, because, and people forget this, but people in all walks of life need technology. Okay. Construction workers need technology. If you're someone who's working on a high rise and you have a phone that you need to access, but you don't want to take off your work gloves because you know, something's going to drop and it's going to drop five stories down. This is your answer. And it's, It might survive. It has a better chance of surviving than my phone does. Oh, Uh, for sure. And if you think that this is overpriced, look up the Panasonic Toughbook. Okay? If you don't know about these laptops, they are famously able to withstand landmines. They're used by military contractors out in the field. They are built to withstand everything. Dell tried building a a reinforced workstation that rivaled them. They couldn't because the price was just too great. And those things are – Mid-grade laptops at best that cost upwards around $3,000 to $5,000. Because how else do you get a touchpad that can handle underwater pressures with a sea mine going off? It's not well, easy.
1: I remember when you and I worked together years ago, um, we kept having issues with our customer up in Toronto. Their phone, their, their laptops couldn't handle the cold up there. So they all had to switch that. over to the tough books.
0: I remember that. That was an expensive upgrade. That it was. was. A really expensive upgrade.
1: And, yeah, they all had to switch over to the Toughbooks. People need rugged computer equipment. People need rugged smartphones. And this is awesome. I think cats, I'm, I'm honestly surprised that they're the first ones to do it, come out with the thousand dollar phone. But looking at it, I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> it looks like a good phone.
0: Yep, here we go. Panasonic CF3113529KM, 13.1 inch semi rugged laptop. Semi. Fifth generation Core i5 processor. 16 gigs of RAM. Um, it's on sale. Factory refurbished for $5,300. Oh my goodness. That is a semi rugged. Yeah, these things, rugged costs money. So it does not surprise me that this particular one costs so much. Uh, but speaking of the iPhone X, um, there's a definite problem with the supply chain. Yeah. Now, now um, I haven't read through this all the way. Have you?
1: Uh, yeah, I've read through most of it. Apparently, uh, Apple anticipated uh, an order of about 50 million units of the iPhone X, and they've reduced that down to 30 million.
0: Mm
1: and they may have they may actually be downgrading that even more because samsung who supplies the oled panels uh, is cutting response or cutting production in response to stuff that apple has said and so now i mean they're thinking there may be only 20 million iphone x's out there that uh, that ultimately end up in the hands of people when they were thinking 45 to 50 million so what's, so
0: what's really funny here is that this is definitely a status phone, but it's not a bad phone. I've seen it in in use now in the wild many times. When I went to CES, nearly everyone had this phone. They either had a Samsung phone or they had this phone. And uh my neighbor has one. My brother-in-law has one. It's a great little phone.
1: The question is, though, is it great enough over the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus?
0: Not really, Um because the really only difference it has – so they've uh, they've broken down the cost of all the silicone and everything. The silicone's the same in the iPhone 8 as it is in the iPhone X. The only difference is the screen. Yeah. The, the screen jumps the cost of manufacture from two hundred and eighty eight dollars up to three hundred and seventy dollars.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it it is a good screen. And now there's a, maybe a lot of extras of those floating around. So the potential exists that we could start seeing them on other phones as well.
0: Well, what we will start seeing actually is because those phones haven't actually been made. Samsung now has a whole bunch of these extra panels that and they're going to be got shopping. To do or, yeah, they have to get rid of them somewhere. We're going to see a whole bunch of Android, cheapo, Android Chinese made phones with a very similar looking panel coming out. Yep. Mark my words.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that's interesting though that they're having to downgrade their sales expectations as much as they are. I mean, as much as 30 million units, that's, that's a big, um, overestimation on what they thought this was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't help, but wonder what the cause for that is. Is it, is it the price? Is it the fact that they said the iPhone 8's the best phone you're ever going to need or
0: ever going to have? Oh, by the way, just kidding. Here's the iPhone 10. I think it actually comes down a little bit more to – like I was just saying, uh, Android Central referred to Samsung's release as a tick-tock, right? Yes. I honestly believe that Apple has fallen victim to more of a tick talk, talk, talk. It's just talk. more of the same. It's more of a refinement, and that's not a bad thing. It's good to have a refined product. But you can only stand so much refinement before you're finally asking, okay, and what's new? And it's been really easy for us as Android users to make that joke saying, hey, it looks the exact same, congratulations. But I've been hearing more and more of it from my Apple friends. And that's something when the Apple fans are saying, what's new? I want something new. Show me something new. And the people I know who... Are either in the industry or have the money were really happy about the iPhone X because it was something new, right? You and I were excited for it. It looks great, but remember what I talked about a few months ago. A lot of uh, my Android, sorry my uh, my iPhone friends who did not have the money or were not always up on the latest, they were all mocking it. They were all laughing at it, going, "Why do I want a notch taken out of the screen? This is so dumb. This is just more of the same." In fact, one of those friends now uses a Galaxy S eight. Oh, really? Really. He's loving it. He's a little nice. bit freaked out because he says uh, that uh, the iPhone just always worked the exact same way, and he always knew exactly how it was going to work. He's kind of in over his head right now with Android. I've, I've had to give him tutorials on how you can modify the phone to do whatever you want it to do. That's a lot of openness for someone who isn't used to it, admittedly. But
1: It's like someone who's in prison all of a
0: sudden being released. Right, right. It's it's Morgan Freeman at the end of Shawshank Redemption asking to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah, you can go to the bathroom whenever you want. What?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of freedom that comes with Android, which is why we're fans of it.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, I don't know. I think Apple needs to. I don't know if they're going to do this, but they need to refine even more. But what they need to refine is their release schedule, their supply chain, their design. They don't necessarily need to refine all their features or their OS. I think they need to refine... How they're releasing these phones, what features they're releasing it with, how often, the price, that. Because we've hit kind of a plateau here with Apple. And as much fun as we like to make of that, uh, the truth is is that we need, and we've talked about this before, long-time listeners know this, we need Apple to be firing on all cylinders. We need them to be releasing excellent phones. We need them to be releasing just amazing products because it in turn makes everything else wonderful.
1: Yeah. That competition breeds excellence, which is really something that I I think Apple may have lost sight of.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Apple, I think is resting on their laurels a little too much as of late.
0: Yeah. And it could be said, well, you know, Samsung, Samsung's still innovating and yeah, we make fun because Nokia is number 11 and rising and, but at the end of the day, they're all still running Android. There's only yeah. so much they can add in to make it, that phone theirs when they're all still running Android. We need an outsider. We need a Windows phone. We need a BlackBerry. We need an iPhone to really shake it up.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So. That would be um, awesome if BlackBerry could like emerge back onto the market and completely shake it all up.
0: That would be. It's incredibly unlikely. Oh, Um, totally
1: unlikely. I
0: mean, it's only slightly more likely than Microsoft coming back onto the scene with one of their phones. Um, they've, they're not doing that anymore.
1: More likely? It's, well, I guess technically they are still making phones. So yeah, more likely.
0: Yeah. Um, hey, here's some sad news. I was really surprised by this one, actually. Uh, do you use Swipe? You know, I have not used Swipe
1: for years, but I, I, I have used it and it, it was a good keyboard in its day.
0: Yeah. Um, so swipe, if you're unfamiliar with it, was the Android keyboard that also, uh, I think they eventually went on to iOS. Um, where you could, instead of tapping out your letters, you could swipe across the keyboard and it would type things out.
1: Yeah. Just drag your finger.
0: And people who used it loved it. I know Schmidt loved it like crazy, but it has been discontinued. Nuance, uh, who makes it, uh, they make dragon dictation. Um and they make swipe keyboard now. They bought uh, Swipe a few years ago. They've discontinued it on both Android and on iOS.
1: And that's really kind of ironic because they're the ones. Swipe is the ones who really pioneered that technology on a keyboard. And now you've got like everyone. You know, Swift Key has it. Google has it. Samsung has it. It's it's kind of almost this become the standard in keyboards. And yeah. to see the people who made it going away out of the market that's kind of kind of sad
0: well and it's funny because like I use Gboard which is Google's keyboard right I just like how it looks I like how fresh it is I like the uh, the spacing of everything it has a swipe function built in it does so just Samsung's
1: built-in keyboards on their phones um, I was using Gboard for a while I've used Swift key for years and I actually went back to Swift key there was just some functionality that I liked better. But, I mean, yeah, it, that's, that whole swiping technology is just
0: – it's its what
1: Swipe did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Let's go into FCC and net neutrality, shall we? We're going to jump ahead here uh, before we go into the headlines that's going to piss everyone off.
1: I like how you say we're going to jump ahead like we've been going just one right after the other the
0: entire <laughs> time. Very true. Very true. Um. Okay, so – uh, it is official. The FCC has enacted the official order that will gut net neutrality. Uh, if you have been under a rock, they call it the restoring Internet freedom order. Uh, what they're restoring is the uh, the telecom's freedom to screw us over with the Internet. However, here's why this is a good thing. Um, and this is the only reason this is a good thing. See, while it was a threat that they were going to do this, no one could do anything. You can't file against the FCC for an order that's not actually even in existence. You can't take them to court for it. You can't, you can't fight it because technically it doesn't exist yet. What are you fighting? Well, guess what? True. Now it exists. Now it's official. Now it's law. Now you can fight it. And already, (laughs) um, it's being fought a lot. Um, It's not in this article. There's there's another article that actually had the details. So I apologize if this isn't fully accurate. I'm just running off the top of my head now. Already 11 states have filed court reviews of it. They've filed their own version saying that, no, if you wanted to have Internet in our state, you have to adhere to net neutrality. I think like 53 Democrats have all signed bills challenging the FCC on this. They The FCC is going to court, actually. They're being sued. It was like, as soon as the ink was dry on this, not even then, maybe, as soon as it was official, like, okay, now we can officially fight you, you rat bastards.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know, it's interesting too, because within, I mean, like, within the last 24 hours, I think I saw that AT&T has announced paid fast lanes. All the things that they said weren't going to happen are happening.
0: We do not have fast lanes. We have never had fast lanes. Yeah, because you weren't allowed to have fast lanes, and now you are. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. Now you have them. Yeah, it's – the stuff that comes next
1: should come as no surprise to anybody. However, it will come as a surprise to the FCC.
0: Yeah, I I don't think – I think they – we're still convinced somehow that it was just some fringe elements in America that even cared about this. They're about to get it handed back to them. And don't get me wrong. I hold no illusions here that we're going to win just because we're right. Okay. This administration, and I mean both the FCC and I mean the White House, and to an extent even Congress, um, there's no guarantee they will end up listening. Right, there's no guarantee that restoring internet freedom will be revoked, net neutrality will be reestablished, because they sometimes seem to exist in their completely own reality. But they are about to get really, really, really strong evidence that we don't like them. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Up until now, it was like, oh, we're pretty sure it was just a bot that put in all those negative comments. We're sure that no one actually feels this way. Oh, eleven states, eleven states are suing us. Eleven. They're, and I think I saw us. that the states are suing
1: I, I think I saw that half of the states have come up with their own form of net neutrality. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, this is not a popular thing. And for those of you listening who are thinking to themselves, "Wait a second, Zonner hates the government. Zonner wants the government out of everything." Yeah, you're right. I do, but obviously the government has created an environment in which these telecom companies and these cable companies and these internet companies have all the power there is no no real freedom of choice in a lot of markets because of the environment that's been fostered
0: by the government let's put it this way you know how people would say uh the funniest thing you've ever heard is hi i'm from the government i'm here to help okay that's an old joke right how would you rather hear to say, Hi, I'm from Cox Cable. I have your best interest at heart.
1: No, what they'll say is, Hi, I'm from Cox Cable. I'll have your best interest in heart in this four hour window that I may or may not actually show up to.
0: Right. <laughs> you can trust me. I'll never ask you for money. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, in other news, you know, Google's Project Zero, where they, uh, They give different companies 90 days to uh, issue a patch before they disclose a security flaw.
1: Yes. We've talked about this a lot on this show Mm -hmm. over the years. They've, they've disclosed another Windows 10 flaw before Microsoft had a patch ready. Mm -hmm. And that really, I understand why they're, why they're trying
0: to do it. They're trying to make everything more secure. Or are they? Well, it's, it's frustrating because to be fair, they have a 90 day window, right? And they told Microsoft about two vulnerabilities and Microsoft issued a patch for one within the 90 days and not for the other. So they just disclosed it. Okay. I'm willing to go out on a limb here and say, okay, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Except they seem to pick and choose when they're going to follow this guideline. Yes. Because in another headline, they knew about the Intel flaw for a very long time. The Meltdown and Spectre flaws we've been talking about for months, they knew about for even longer. And they never disclosed. They certainly... It's it's almost as if they don't like Microsoft. Right. Really weird there. It's it's super frustrating. And speaking of Intel, it turns out they didn't tell the U.S. cyber officials about the chip flaw, and they weren't planning to until it was made public by the register. And if you don't know what the register is, it's the tech news site. Basically, the U.S. cyber intelligence officials learned about it the same time the rest of us did from an Internet website.
1: (laughs) Which is generally not a good sign.
0: That's almost the equivalent of you finding out that your company has gone bankrupt and everyone has lost a job when the reporters come to your door asking, how do you feel now that you're unemployed? Yes. Like.
1: (laughs) I like that analogy.
0: That's terrible.
1: That, that really is. And it makes me wonder, you know, we've seen serious data breaches. Like, I mean, Equifax comes to mind where people's lives could potentially be destroyed by this. We've now seen huge computer issues with Meltdown Inspector where, you know, everything's going to change in a hardware environment. Are we going to see any sort of punishment for these, co- that these companies, are these companies going to offer any sort of peace offering other than three months of credit monitoring or, you know, whatever Intel is offering? I mean, it really doesn't seem that way. These companies are kind of screwing everyone over and just getting away with it.
0: Um, in other news of a company, not really getting away with it, but we may still be a little bit screwed. Um, thanks (laughs) Zoner. A security researcher was working, um, late and he was kind of hammering away at the T-Mobile website. And he found a flaw in the code of the website that allowed people who knew what they were doing to maliciously hack in and impersonate any customer they wanted and do anything to the account they wanted. Now, this researcher was good. He's one of the good ones. Um, basically told T-Mobile about it back in December. Uh, within a day, T-Mobile was on it. They rewarded him. They gave him a $5,000 uh, bug bounty. They listed it as a critical issue and rolled out a patch to all their code. That's good. That is very good. That's what
1: you want to see happen.
0: What's bad? We don't know how long this bad code was on the website. We don't know how long we were affected. I say we because Zahner and I are both T-Mobile subscribers. Uh, We don't know the scope of the damage, if any. That's not cool.
1: No, it's really not.
0: So good news. The system worked as intended. Uh, security researcher was properly rewarded and not, you know, sued like others have been. Uh, T-Mobile rolled out a fix and acknowledged the issue. That's good. Uh, but if you have T-Mobile, maybe go back online, see if you can still log into your account, if the password's been changed, if anything's been changed on your account. Just, just do it.
1: You know, I was getting some text messages that somebody was trying to access my account one day.
0: Yeah, I did. I, um, I did it as well.
1: And so, it's very possible that they were the two were related.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I'm thinking now. Um, okay, so let's get into some popularity news, shall we? First one from Snap. We talked last week. Heck, we named the web episode about it. I, I referenced uh, part of the CEO's anatomy uh, on, in one of the headlines. I don't know if you saw that or not yeah yeah I'm playing fast and loose with the uh the content guidelines here so um snap has responded to a change dot org petition from one point two million is that million um yes one point two million people signed a petition asking snap to revert their interface back to how it was before the update eh, snap said screw you no.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked last week how they were kind of doubling down on their update. And this just kind of, can you double down on your double down? I i don't know. But, yeah, they're basically saying that um, it's going to adapt. You need to adapt. And the Apple gets smart over time. Mm-hmm. Translation, you're going to figure out how to use it.
0: Um, um. So, funny enough, Kylie Jenner. I know. Who cares? Of right. the
1: Kardashian clan.
0: Of the Kardashian clan, yes. Um, tweeted out, does anyone else not open Snapchat anymore, or is it just me? Ugh, this is so sad. Basic, And no one's really sure what she meant by that. Was she also upset about uh, the new interface? Is it because she's a new mom now, so she doesn't have time? Do we really care? Well, she does have... Oh, geez. How many? 24 and a half million followers. After tweeting that out, shares sunk 6.1% on the stock market, effectively wiping out an estimated $1.5 billion of valuation. <laughs> that is, I'm sorry, hilarious to me. Hilarious. But despite that, despite the fact that their stock just sunk 6.1% and one2 million people hate this update so much they wrote a petition for it. And the CEO has basically pissed on all of his users saying, nah, it just proves that I know what I'm doing and you don't. He just earned $638 million as a bonus, making it the third highest CEO payout ever.
1: Which is fascinating to me that even though – Nobody is happy with the company. They're still paying him money like crazy. Yeah. What's that bonus for? Well, I, I. It's probably for the success
0: of his snap glasses. You remember those?
1: Oh, those, those were such, um. Yeah. Pieces of crap. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's, that's crazy. I mean, he got almost a million or almost a billion dollars in the fiscal year 20, 2007. For annual compensation
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and 1.19 billion in 2008 and now his his pay package is based on i mean stock based awards which you know he's probably not going to be seeing a huge huge bonus this time if it's tied to the stock price because kylie jenner's in in town but wow that
0: just cracks me up that's hilarious okay now to piss off some people Okay, um, I, I feel bad now. I was hoping to do this earlier in the episode, so we had more time to talk about it. But now we're kind of running short, and I worry that we're gonna we're gonna clip this. And I feel like it, it's it deserves more time. So, Twitter has decided to go on a bot blocking spree, and has gone through and started just purging the system of bots or accounts that it feels are bots. Okay. Now, you'd be forgiven for immediately thinking, well, great, that's wonderful, except it seems to be disproportionately affecting conservative tweeters or tweeters, uh, tw- Twitter users, excuse me, with Republican or conservative views and followers. Uh, people are saying, hey, you did this and overnight I just lost 2000 followers and they have a right to be upset. OK, we've talked about it in the past, uh, how Twitter can flex its muscles and shadow ban users or hide content or suddenly there's something wrong with your account and you can't ever seem to tweet something out or people who follow you can never seem to find your stuff. OK, uh, and those are all valid concerns, 100 percent valid because Twitter does that. However, and here's where I am personally going to piss people off. Uh, I may even piss off Zonner, and I apologize in advance a lot of these people who are getting banned on accident, thinking that it's a bot, um, it's probably because you sound like a bot. <laughs> One lady was banned by Twitter, and she said it was because of her conservative values. You see, she reposts a whole bunch of stuff she gets from her friends, um, and she also regularly, as in like on the hour, every hour, posts uh, Bible quotes. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the people she's retweeting – are bots. They are bots. So when Twitter uses an algorithm to say, okay, who are known bots? Well, here are these known bots. And look, this person is retweeting these known bots and she's also engaging in behavior that makes her look like a bot. Okay. Ban her too. I, I touched on this very briefly. Oh geez. It was a while ago. It was a long time ago in an article I wrote on stolen droids about the Bill Cosby thing going around. Remember? This is before. Was
1: that the, I'm 85 and tired or right, whatever? Right, right. This
0: is before it turned out he was a serial rapist. Um, back when we could make fun of Bill Cosby for other things and now we just feel dirty about it. But there was this, um, forwarded email chain going around and originally it was an email chain. Then it became a Facebook post where Bill Cosby was 84 and tired of all these self-entitled black people who just wanted to be on welfare and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I posted in there that not only is that email entirely wrong, and fabricated, but that it's very dangerous to just sit there and regurgitate information that you can't verify yourself or you don't know where it's from. Because for all you know, you could be agreeing with a serial sex offender or murderer or rapist, which in this case is ironic looking back at it now. Um, <laughs> and so I stand by that. And I stand by my statement here. And this is what may piss people off. If you're a Twitter user. And you're a conservative Twitter user, and in this latest purge, you just suddenly lost 3,000 followers? I have no sympathy for you, because there's a very good chance many of them were bots. And if you are retweeting a whole lot of known Russian bots, I still have no sympathy for you. You have been falling prey to propaganda. And if you're one of those people who accepts everything that these bots have been saying, because it just sounds so true, and you're right, that black president was out to get my guns. And that Sandy Hook parent and that Florida student, they were actors. I'm going to retweet that. Meanwhile, I'm going to release a Bible quote every hour, because that doesn't seem suspicious at all. Yeah, guess what? You, You have every right to be blocked. It's not like there is some sinister scheme here there are this isn't one of them but there's a reason why it looked suspicious okay my brother when he flies out of airports and he has his gigantic al-Qaeda like beard and his dark skin and the camo pants and the wallet chain that goes down to his shin there's not a conspiracy there dude you look like a terrorist <laughs> <laughs> you you get called out for enhanced screening procedures because you freaking look like a terrorist. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. When you retweet only Russian bots, you look like a Russian bot.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I was thinking, you know, if you, if you lose
0: followers who are fake followers anyways, did you ever have followers? Does it matter? Well, sure it does because their numbers look bad now. That's your but, concern.
1: I mean, I, I just—I'd rather have real people following me than some some bot that you know
0: wants to have sexy time with me. Which is great because we can say that because we have like you know twenty followers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would much rather have legitimate, real people
0: following me than some
1: stupid bot.
0: Um and. Uh- for anyone who still thinks that the whole Twitter bot thing is blown out of proportion and they don't actually exist, I would like to point out that, yes, this last week we did have a tragedy in Florida where a um, a gunman opened fire. I think the death toll is 17 now um, with many, many injured. Strangely on this one, um, the gunman was taken alive. Um, very yeah. different. Uh, but it's a tragedy nonetheless. And as soon as news of this happened, Twitter bots – Russian Twitter bots went nuts posting about how it was a government conspiracy, about how it was a false flag operation, about like everything under the sun to discredit this tragedy. So if you happen to see something like that and you happen to say, yeah, that sounds about right. I think I'll retweet that. Then you probably also ended up on a list somewhere suggesting that you might be a bot and they might want to disable your account. I just do not understand some people.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting how everyone was saying, Oh, bots are the future. You know, they're going to help us shop. They're going to help with customer service. Nobody ever suspected they're going to spread pop, propaganda. They're going to try and sway elections. I mean, nobody thought of that aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Um, here's where this goes bad. Um, And I understand, listener, if you don't care about this, because it probably doesn't affect you a lot, but this really affects us. In response to this, Twitter has also started modifying the rules about posting identical content to multiple accounts in an effort to cut down on bots. In theory, that makes sense, and I agree. In practice, however, when I write an article for Stolen Droids, or let's be honest, I don't that often anymore, but when I post this episode... When I post an article on stolen droids. Yes, when you post an article or when I post this episode you're listening to now, I'm going to hit publish. And that publish button is not just going to publish it to the site. It's also going to push it onto our RSS feed, right? It's also going to post the audio of the episode specifically to our second RSS feed that gets picked up by iTunes and all the podcatchers. It's also going to post it to Twitter and to Facebook and any other social media accounts we have listed. And, um, Zoner, you're probably going to pick it up and retweet it under the generic geek podcast Twitter handle and probably your own personal one. I'm going to retweet it under my personal one. You're getting the gist of this. Okay. This isn't new. You see it all the time with anyone who creates content. Well, according to these rules that they're stating, this is now prohibited because this isn't, this is, uh, following bot behavior. So that's not cool.
1: Do we just need to become a bot ourselves and like I don't make, know. Us, make a smarter bot to get around Twitter's anti-bot measures?
0: Uh, for instance, here, here are these, uh, these rules now, okay? Uh, do not and do not allow your users to simultaneously post identical or substantially similar content to multiple accounts. Do not and do not allow your users to simultaneously perform actions such as likes, retweets, or follows from multiple accounts. The use of any form of automation, including scheduling, to post identical or substantially similar content or to perform actions such as likes or retweets across many accounts that have been authorized by your app, whether or not you created or directly control those accounts, is not permitted. Users of TweetDeck will no longer be able to select multiple accounts through which to perform an action such as tweeting, reliking, retweeting, or following. But that's the only way I use Twitter now. So that's interesting. Exactly.
1: It's almost as if they don't want people using their platform to try and share content.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't affect our listeners, but man, does it affect us and other content creators? And it's not cool.
1: I, I, I don't see how this could possibly not go bad for content creators.
0: Yep. Yep. And
1: there'll be a backlash and Twitter's gonna have to come out and say something along the lines of, oh, we need to find a happy medium between blocking the bots that are swaying elections and, and spreading propaganda and, uh, people who are posting legitimate content.
0: Now, to be fair, we hold a lot of sway. We killed a multi-billion dollar company out of, uh, Toronto, remember? Oh, with Blackberry? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we could throw off an election ourselves. I guess we haven't really tried. We should. Um, we, we should add that to our bucket list. Yeah, totally. I'm going to overthrow a freaking company, country. Um Into our <laughs> favorites. I thought I had my favorite, then I forgot it, and I chose a different favorite. Now I remembered what it was. Here it is. I just bought one of these. It's called an Automatic Pro. Sounds like a weird name. It's for your car, and it hooks into your ODB port, or OBD, or ODB2, or whatever it is. It's the little uh, diagnostics port that all cars have. This one has a built-in cellular antenna and it links to your account and to your app. Look, I figure everything else is tracking me, I should at least be able to track myself, right? Sure. I can tell where my car is at all times. I can t- it sends me a notification. I can turn this off. I eventually did turn this off. But when it starts, when it stops, where it's parked, how long it's been driving, how much fuel was consumed, what the acceleration and braking was like, what are my driving habits, um what the mass airflow sensor was reading. A whole bunch of information. And you're thinking, wow, Zouk, that's really nerdy. Why do you need that kind of information? Ah, teenagers. Teenagers is why you need that information.
1: You low-jacked yourself, man.
0: I low-jacked my car. <laughs> that's you can, awesome. You can find it on Amazon. There is no recurring monthly charge. It is Awesome. You can have multiple cars on your account. My car uh, on the, on my app looks like the Batmobile. I mean, I could have picked the sedan side, but why when they have Batmobile on there?
1: That, that's a good point.
0: I mean, why would you choose to have a normal car when you could have the Batmobile?
1: If, if you were going to be Batman, you would want to be Batman. So why not have your car instead of being a sedan, just be the Batmobile? Right, perfect sense.
0: Right, perfect sense. This also allows you to implement other automations. It links to other apps that can pull more information. It also links to IFTTT, if this then that. So you can link it into your smart home so that when and Nest it has a lot of automations with all of them. So if it notices that you're within 20 miles, if your car is within 20 miles of home, the Nest can start firing up your thermostat, your heater to get things going. Basically, geofences your car for you. You can have it set so so that if you hit a certain – if you drive a certain way, it turns on this or it sends a notification to that. Or if my kids are driving the car and hit 90 miles an hour, it lets me know immediately. (laughs) And like fla- awesome. and flashes all the lights in my house or something. I don't know. I haven't played with it that much, but you should definitely check it out. And if this sounds like something that you might be interested in, uh, I will provide a link to Amazon uh, where you can buy one. It's pretty cool. How much do those run? I don't remember. It wasn't cheap. <laughs> That's
1: cool. I, I'm thinking I need to pick me up some. Uh, my my uh, favorite this week is kind of a different one. It's also available on Amazon, and we'll we'll throw a link there. This this was not planned, by the way. And these are not paid advertisements for these products. We should just say that, although I wish they were. Um, but Ancestry DNA, uh, genetic testing kit. Uh, I like, I like being able to look at history. I like being able to piece together history. And one thing that I've never really known much about is my own history. Uh, my dad was adopted, so there's a whole side of his family that I don't really know anything about. So my wife picked me up one of these for Christmas and she gave me um I, I did the test and it's given me some good insight into uh you know my family history and things like that. I, I can say that, you know, I'm I'm African, uh partly, uh mostly Irish and, and Scottish though. Uh but I always thought that I was of German ancestry. And I do have some German, but mostly Irish and Scottish, which I had no idea about until I got this. But it also, the and the reason it's my favorite this week, it has reunited me with a long-lost relative, which is really, really cool. And so, you know, whether you are big time into genealogy and you, you want the additional insight that something like this can provide, or whether you just kind of want to see where in the world your family is from uh this is a really cool way to do it and you never know you might you might end up with some family members you didn't know about
0: very cool and congratulations on that by the way we were talking about it earlier so this is really cool yeah very all right well that is our episode this week i felt it was a pretty good one if i do say so myself if you didn't though let us know feedback at stolen com or give us a call 801-917-geek follow us on twitter on facebook on instagram um On Patreon. You can follow us on Patreon. You know, it's not the most effective way, but while you're there, uh, think about dropping a a donation. We do appreciate it. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.